The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day.
Tie that mother down. I like that. Because little Johnny won't get busy. <laughs> Welcome, Michael Sean Lee, to this. Thank you, Johnny Teflon. This, this magical episode. How's that for wishful thinking? Magical? I like it. Magical. Number 147 in wow. the catalog. Wow. Right? I'm giving that a wow. Oof. Yeah. And that, of course, that little ditty we just did, that was, of course, uh, Queen, one of our mutual favorite rock bands. Absolutely. Doing Tie Your Mother Down, yeah. which is off of their album A Day at the Races from way back in 1976. Yeah. We got a little theme Oof. going on today, too, don't we? We do. Now, yes. we, we, we can share that with everybody right up front. I think so. This is kind of our de facto, but not entirely about... Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Yay. Yay. It's, it's here to as that Mother's Day episode. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it could turn into that. <laughs> Let's it, hope it, it doesn't yeah. also get followed by, and that was the last one they ever did. <laughs> Mother. 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 Well, no, you gotta you gotta keep your mom karma good. So we're gonna we're gonna bend over backwards totally. not to screw this one up. Totally. But uh, but yeah, that was some good fun, and and that was a, kind of an interesting sentiment. We were talking about the lyrics before the sh- before the show, the song of you know mom doing what mom does, protecting her boy. You That's know, one so, way to put it. Sure. So, you know, if it comes <laughs> down to that, tie mom down so you can go out and shag, you yep. know? And that's that's vintage Freddie Mercury stuff right yeah. there, I think. And there comes know? a point in every young man's life, I'm just going to speak for, you know, every young man ever. Yes. And, uh, you know, say that, you know, growing up, your mom, obviously, is everything. Absolutely. And it's, you know, the, the, the medicinal and healing power and, and cleaning strength of mom spit on Indeed. anything. We'll take I it right know, off. amazing, amazing. Um, you Surprising know, they haven't bottled that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, sewing your clothes, and in some cases, making your clothes, but yeah. cooking all the things you love. Your know, moms are just simply indispensable, except yes. when that magic time known as puberty comes around. Oh, I have a nickname for my penis. It's called the Octagon, but I also nickname my testes. My left one is James Westfall, and my right one is Dr. Kenneth Noisewater. You ladies play your cards right, you just might get to meet the whole gang. And you start looking for, you know, let's just say more than playmates. And <laughs> and there's mom. And she says, the voice of reason. To protect you from yourself. Ex- thank you. Yes. That's the best way to put yes. it. Yes. Kind of like a human <laughs> PSA. Yes, yes. That just never gets yeah. turned off. This is true. Because is they'll true. be the last one to say goodbye as you leave on the date. And sure as shit, they'll always be awake when you get home. Yep, yep. I think uh, I think Roger Waters put that in a uh, in a song, <laughs> which was not, by the way, a song talking about yeah. how wonderful mothers are. Yeah, and about the old mom and apple pie tattoo. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. But anyway, but let's, we'll, we'll get to we'll that get later. To that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, our, um, but yeah, speaking of PSAs, exactly. So our, our first segment. Uh, and you brought this to my attention because you had a, a burr in your saddle. Ah, that's so unlike me. <laughs> <laughs> Unless someone's trying to give you good advice. You're right. This is also true. But uh, yeah, the concept of the public service announcements has now, in this day and age, devolved into crisp little one-word sentiments, little taglines, if you will. I like to refer to it as condescension on a stick. There you go. Yes. Now, to compare and contrast, let's use an old-timey PSA from... Both of our youths. Oh, I know where you're going. No, you don't. Maybe you I do. I don't. No, I think I do. I'm going with Smokey the Bear. No. All See? right. No, right. curveball, Johnny. Good, good. Which, yeah, everybody knows the story of Smokey Bear. It was a real bear. It was rescued in a forest fire, horribly yeah. burned. Yep, yep. Fire department adopted him. He became a little, little spokesperson for only you can prevent forest fires. That was probably the last PSA that wasn't complete and total bullshit. <laughs> exactly. You know? <laughs> I thought, personally, you were going with the whole just say no 
thing from the 1980s, which yeah. was... Which was probably the first of the horrible ones. Absurdity. Absolute yeah. absurdity. And just so people know what actually set this off, mm. it's the, the, the complete and total tidal wave, the tsunami of legalized gambling. Um, and now the obligatory, you know, gamble responsibly commercials that they're that they're tagging on there that completely sure. threw me over the edge. And this is what made me attack Johnny T and say, hey, we gotta <laughs> blast this. Because this is absurd. This is ridiculous. And we're on the same page because there's, there's nothing I detest more than hypocrisy. There you go. Regular listeners will attest to this. Yes. But uh, you know it's funny at the same time as just say no which my memory of that is First Lady Nancy Reagan sitting on Mr. T's lap. <laughs> and I'm sure um, Gary Coleman had, had something to do with it as well. Uh, yeah. There also came out right after that, featuring Gary Coleman's clone, Emmanuel Lewis, yes. with the um, Say No, Then Go, Then Tell PSA. What was you remember that? that one? No. Yeah, that came right after Just Say No. Okay. And it was like, bullies and stranger danger and that kind of stuff. Right. And he would run up and he would just say, Say no. So he says no, and then he right, says, right. then go. And he was running down the sidewalk, okay. and then it says, and tell. And he would tell an adult what had just happened. Right, which, you know. of course, is what you do when you're a little kid to absolutely endear yourself to all your buddies. You turn into <laughs> the, the local right, mark, right. Yeah, the rat, <laughs> as it were. But again, you know, now, to be fair, yeah. sadly, the, the 80s is when a lot of these crimes against children were really coming into the spotlight all of a sudden. Yeah. You had that kid, Adam Walsh, Get killed and decapitated, and now his dad is on the show. Kind you know? of, yeah. The but America, all that what stuff. Was that America's Most Wanted? Is I think so. Yeah, yeah, but like all that stuff kind of started in the eighties. I hate to say it because yeah. I like to paint the eighties as uh, idyllic, right? But it wasn't, no. you know. However, that does not excuse half-hearted, slogan-esque bullshit PSAs. Bullshit. And I know you've got a couple more on your list that you're one or big two. fans of. Well, just some of the gambling ones are just so ridiculous, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, to me, this is the epitome of taking the pyromaniac, handing him a Molotov cocktail, <laughs> lighting it up, and saying, now be responsible with that, son. Right. You know? And I mean, like I said, the, the, just this, this sudden, just 180 that professional sports done you know once upon a time gambling was just like no no yeah. no no it was just a kiss of death it was a death sentence if you were a professional athlete and you get caught you know mingling with gamblers looking at you pete rose there we go poor pete and now suddenly it's okay mm-hmm. and it's just it's i mean and it's just, not just okay it's like it's encouraged know, and it's they hit you with the ads ad nauseum yeah it's like it, enough it already ubiquitous it's everywhere yep you know, and I mean, some of these some of these gamble responsible taglines from these bullshit PSAs are just absolutely absurd. You know, um, chances are you're about to lose. Uh, what are you prepared to lose today? Is another good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's gambling really costing you? Uh, and of course, the the wonderful one is this: a bet you really want to place? Yeah. I mean, do you remember Casino? Mm-hmm. You know, when De Niro was talking about the house always wins. Right. You know, why don't they just run that as a PC? Well, I'll PSA. I'll add two more to it. All right. If you can't stop, you can't win. Right. And if you sweat it, don't bet it. <laughs> yeah. With Thank a l- you. little sad queen playing card, if you need the visual to go with it. Yeah. And again, it's, you know... It's just such hypocrisy, and it's so contradictory mm-hmm. that, like I said, suddenly... And it does seem like it was completely overnight. You know, the gambling thing is everywhere with DraftKings and whatnot. They're putting, you know, these things on college campuses. You know, they're at every, you know, professional sports venue in the country. And it's absolute, absolute absurdity that they follow it up with. But, hey, 
gamble responsibly. Right. Make it fun. Do it with family. You know, it, and it just harkens back to me um, the idea that, like, say the Sackler family, you know, and Purdue Pharma back in 2003, you know, when I was, you know, snorting voluminous amounts of Oxycontin, popped up a commercial and said, hey, Please use our product responsibly and as directed. Do you really think that would have made a difference to me at that time? And then in a softer voice, by the way, you look like you're in pain. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. I mean, what's the real agenda here? And, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure it out. You know, I mean, what is the point of this? Right. I mean, really, you know, I mean, without delving into great detail, you know, both you and I have, have flirted with... You know, the darker side of life. Excess. And and the whole, yeah, excess (laughs) and addiction trip. And, you know, would any of these things have really made a difference? Would any of them make a difference now to somebody who was an addict, quite frankly? Frankly, if you read any of these in the voice of an addict, you could answer all these these questions they pose. You know, it's like the old um, quandary they teach salespeople. Never ask a question that can be answered with no. Right. Okay. Yep. And it's like... Looking through rose-colored <laughs> or hindsight glasses. There we go. Any one of these things you can answer with, with a, a one-liner retort that's going to be funny, you know? Yeah. If you sweat it, don't bet it. But I enjoy sweating because <laughs> that's what gamblers do. Yes. It's not about the it money. Is. It's about the action and the excitement. There you go. So the same can be said for well, another one of our favorites, the drink responsibly. Oh, yes. And yes. what fun please, is... Please drink responsibly. <laughs> They're polite about it, you know? And I got news for you. Drinking responsibly, it's not fun. Because where do you draw the line? If you feel a little, oh, you know what? I, I, I feel a, a, little, a, a, a little buzz. And let's say you're not, let's say you're not driving that day. Right. Okay? Yep. What is the object? That is where you got to break it down. What is the object of drinking liquor? Copper buzz. Exactly. Yeah. Now, if you take that buzz off of the table, I'll ask the same question. Why are you drinking? Because it tastes good? Because guess what? It doesn't. <laughs> Hear that, kids? That, that's your PSA right there. Yeah. You know, liquor is like coffee. It's really not tasty. You acquire a taste You acquire the it. taste. Exactly. Right. You learn to this, this particular behavior. Right. You know, you acclimate to it. And, it, and it's kind of funny because in, in, in doing the pre-show research on this, I was looking at the Please Drink Responsibly trip. And there was a study done by Johns Hopkins University, an analysis of these Please Drink Responsibly ads. And they came up with what would seem to be obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, In an analysis of these ads, the Johns Hopkins researchers pointed out that they don't define what responsible drinking is. Exactly. Which kind of makes the whole thing pointless. Now take that study though and yeah. then go back to the 70s okay. when liquor ads were still allowed in magazines and whatnot before yes, they yanked them. I remember that. And as the story goes you would look at an ad for say Cuddy Sark whiskey. Right, okay? right. And there was the rich white guy saying Cuddy, it's a cut above. <laughs> and if you looked at the ice cubes in his glass... You kind of nailed that one, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uptight white guy that I am. There you go. And scotch drinker. Right. <laughs> and dysfunctional scotch drinker. <laughs> the list goes on. But if you look at the ice cubes in the man's highball glass, they're little skulls. Really? You know, yes, because the art department knew there's so much subliminal shit involved in all of this stuff. Yep. They knew that, look, on a, on a very basic level, 
We're not appealing to teetotalers with stable lifestyles and a great 401k. Oh, hell no. We're looking for people that they want a little edge. They want their world to be a little cloudier yep. for X amount of time. Yep. And for those kinds of people that are innately doing harm... Message! We're going to put little little skulls instead of ice cubes, That's and no one's going to notice except people hilarious. of that mindset, that right? That is hilarious, yep. You know, another thing is, you know, they, they show beautiful bronzed people... Uh, with ads for, let's say, um, Hawaiian Tropic uh, tanning oil, okay. right? Yeah. The fact remains, there's no such thing as a healthy dark tan. Right. Skin tan equals skin damage. That's the equation, right. okay? Right. But they'll put it up there and they'll say, oh, with nutrients like aloe. <laughs> Why don't you just put like, like basting oil on yourself and sit up there? You will get, I guarantee you, the exact same effect, yep. right? Yep. But it's not as luxurious as, as sitting out on, on your hammock in the Riviera. Oh, yeah. Like well, they that's portray the hilarious it. thing about these, these, these warning ads, these PSAs, mm -hmm. is they, they run this ad that shows you just how Freaking cool it is, right? You know, to, to indulge in Cuddy Sark or to indulge in, you know, whatever brand of vodka they're pitching mm -hmm. you on, and then they tag the PSA that please drink responsibly right at the end of it, right? And it's funny if you analyze, you know, you talked about print ads. One of the things that came out with this John Johns Hopkins study is with the print ads where they were, you know, obligated to tack on the please drink responsibly, mm -hmm. the font for the please drink responsibly was always miniature compared, to the, yeah. Yeah, compared to the font <laughs> for the actual product <laughs> that they were actually asking you to consume responsibly. Mm -hmm. you know? Now, another favorite of mine, um, along the, the, the same lines, because all of these things are government-driven. Right. So they say you have to have this, this tagline that's been decided upon. Yeah. If you're going to do any advertising for liquor, gambling, cigarettes, mm -hmm. you got that Surgeon General warning on oh, the pack. Oh, man, that right? one kills me. That one absolutely kills me. And and I am, I'll cop to it on the air, as, as <laughs> completely antisocial as it is these days. I am a cigarette smoker. And, you know, they put it on there, you know, quitting smoking now will greatly reduce your chances of dying yeah. from cancer. Makes no difference to me. Doesn't None matter. at all. Yeah. You know? It, it, they put it right on the right on the package. Smoking causes cancer. Okay, good. We knew that. Yep. What I'm I'm, you know, I read stuff and I'm <laughs> kind of dialed in. Like I didn't know this already. I can handle things. I'm smart. Not like everybody says. I've obviously made the decision that I don't care. Right. You know. Now the other one that's out there is on any form of. What's phrased nutraceutical products. Nutraceutical? Right. Oh, versus boy. pharmaceutical, which is shit that's actually been tested ad right. nauseum right. and approved by the FDA. Yes. If it hasn't been, and this is all of your supplements from uh, Nugenics that they show on TV with, yeah. it'll make her happy too, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, half the, the, the low-budget boner pills that... Do nothing. Well, that's another thing, man. You know, apparently, like, a, you know, all the myriad of stuff out there that you can get addicted to, porn's one of them. So where are the PSAs for porn? There's nothing yet. Yeah. But wait for it. Okay. It's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. There's <laughs> too think? much money involved. Yeah. Right totally. at the beginning of the film, right? by the way. <laughs> but this, this nutraceutical stuff, if you look, and again, it's in five-point type on somewhere in the script on, uh, on the package. Right. It'll say... Um, the effects of this product have not yet been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to treat, cure, or diagnose any medical condition. Okay. Weird how I know that by heart. I was going to say. Story for another day. Interesting, <laughs> yes. And yes, they have to, by law, 
stick that somewhere, even if it's five-point type, which technically is the smallest typeface possible, right. even with laser printers. Yeah, former ad industry right. uh, guy right here <laughs> giving you the inside Say, you're all folks. Putting it together, folks. There we go. And it's just like, even when you know that this product doesn't do squat, you could sell it to the general public, provided yeah. you've got this little caveat yeah. at the end. Yeah. So what are they hoping to accomplish with these things? That's the thing. It's making somebody feel better, and it shuts up, speaking of Mother's Day, the mother's groups out there, you know, against gambling and drinking and smoking and everything else. Oh, Lord. But Uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Is that the the, the reality of the situation? It's totally the reality, because, you know, like you yourself said, as a smoker, yeah. You don't care what they're putting on on, on the things. And, Not at all. You know, again, in full disclosure, I was a smoker for 17 years. Yeah. And my... And I, I want everybody to know, Johnny T, like most ex-smokers are roaring assholes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Johnny's actually really cool with it. He doesn't give me shit about it. It's 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 something I very, very much appreciate because it wouldn't make any difference anyway. Right. You know? Right. But... And that's the thing. You're going to do you and everyone's going to do them. And, and for me, it wasn't... The horrific commercials that they put out there now yeah. with the mom and half... See, there's another Mother's Day time. There we go. Like, half her face is missing. And she's talking through the kazoo. Yeah. And, yeah, your heart goes out for these people. Absolutely. But if anything, you look at it, you're like, damn. And what do you want now? A cigarette? To, yeah. To, to exactly. kind of come off kinda, that, you yeah, know? Yeah, it kind of shocks you when you're like, Jesus, I need to step outside and smoke a butt. Right? That was fucked up. For yeah. me, it was, it was the simple realization that it was... The smoking was an addiction, like anything else. Right. And I refuse to be addicted to anything or anybody. That's just me. Right. So, yeah, cold turkey one day, and that was it. Never yeah. looked back. You know, one of the things I've noticed about smoking and about addiction in general, if you don't try and stop, you don't notice you're addicted. Right. You right. Know? And I have been down that road with a lot of other different things. And, yeah, with smoking, I've never said I'm going to stop now. Mm-hmm. So, in all honesty, I don't know what level... Um, of addiction that carries, but I will say a long time ago, probably back in 1990, right after Steven Tyler of Aerosmith got sober, um, he was sitting down with an interviewer, and the interviewer asked him of all you know, the myriad of things that you were addicted to, Steven, and Steven was addicted to pretty much all of the above. Right. And he said, which one is the worst? And he said, cigarettes. Yeah. And I did have an oh shit moment on that one. It was like, whoa, okay. It's no lie. I mean, between what they put in them now that they didn't years ago... And the very simple fact that smoking out of the pantheon of, of vices, mm-hmm. maybe not today because they've made strides over the last decade, but it's the most socially acceptable yeah. of, of all the vices because it's a community thing. Yeah, right along with alcohol. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the, the whole sales pitch, if you will, is look how cool you are when you are indulging in and imbibing in our product. Yep. And you're not going to do us any good if you do it in moderation, quite right. frankly. And, and really, amongst other smokers, no one's ever going to say, you smoke too much. Yeah. Whereas at least, you know, if you're drinking and you're like that guy that can always never hold their liquor and does stupid shit, yeah. someone's probably going to say something. Yeah. Same thing with your gambling friends or your narcotics friends. Yeah. But smoking is just like, well, everything really went south today. Let's smoke, you know? <laughs> yeah. And if you start a good conversation, that's several cigarettes r- yeah. right there, you know? Yeah. And there's still that cool James Dean kind of vibe that, that comes a little with. bit of rebellious yeah yep. and I'm sorry but the little Surgeon General's warning on the side of the pack in microtype ain't gonna do it right. it ain't gonna turn that back and it's funny to use James Dean as an example because I'm sure there was PSAs out there that would tell him don't drive so fast yeah but as a cool dude you gotta yeah, do it you gotta do it that I <laughs> 
So, I mean, where, where's the lesson to be learned? I, I guess the lesson, as, as maudlin, as cliche as it is, you know, moderation in all things, including moderation itself. Yeah. My dad used to always say that to me. And he had a point, you know, because the, these, these things sound great in a bean counting boardroom setting, but A, they're not really effective. No. And B, some of them, with the best of intentions, can be misconstrued, yeah. such as, just throw this last one out there, one of my favorites is the, uh, if you see something, oh, say something. Oh, God, the knock on your neighbor thing. Right, and that, yeah. see, that's the thing. That's a very slippery slope to go from, okay, well, I'm going to watch out for a verifiable terrorist activity, and then the next day it's like, um, I saw my neighbor beating his dog. Yeah. Which, yeah, yeah that's good. You should report that. So, I mean, yeah. That's a bad example. Or, you know, they're having too many baby rabbits over there. Something's going on. Well, Whatever. My, yeah. My first thought is, when you bring that up, the monsters are due on Maple Street. Exactly. Because people love just to narc out on each other. I know. I know. It appeals to the worst, worst aspects of human nature. It truly right. does. And, yeah, going back to post immediate post-9-11, that was a disaster. Completely. You know, just make people paranoid and yep. afraid and make them turn on their neighbors. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's run with that. Right. Yeah. And they still, they're, they're, you know, they're still doing it. And look, in a, in a city like New York right now, especially in the, the subways and mass transportation, all like the, the random murders and stabbings and attacks and everything, where, where, where's this if you see something, say something? People will then go to the other extreme and just not want to get involved. Yeah. And you go back to you know subway riders that won't look up or they hold their paper in front of their face yeah. while somebody's getting assaulted in front of them. Yeah. Because people say, they, they, what's in it for them? You know, what, What's in it for me to get involved in and, and try and make a difference? Un- Nothing. Mind your business. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is, that is frequently what it comes down to, the bottom line. And I say, speaking of minding our, our business, our yes. business right now is a middle gem. Oh, Dog good got to it. hear, good to hear, good to hear. <laughs> And, and jumping back into our Mother's Day theme, uh, I think we, uh, I think we uh, made a good call on this one, I do. Well, we always like to think that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's find out. Let's right. throw it out there and see what they have to say. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, for the, the uh, hallowed middle gem, uh, going with this Mother's Day theme, we're going to go with a three-dog night classic called Mama Told Me Not to Come. Nice. Excellent choice. And I'm just going to go ahead and guess that when we come back and you billboard this particular song, yes. you're going to tell us where the name Three Dog Night oh, came from. hells to the end. I love hacky radio, so stay tuned, <laughs> folks. We'll be back in a couple minutes with some more things and stuff.
Oh, a classic tale of mom <laughs> giving you the heads up. Right? Don't go there, son. Just don't go there. Uh. <laughs> that obviously was Three Dog Night from their 1970 album, It Ain't Easy. Uh, interesting, interesting, uh, uh, I guess, I don't know, uh, info, interesting and aside. Uh, time timeline, uh, interesting developmental <laughs> thing. I'm stumbling, but F it. Um, <laughs> The song was actually written by Randy Newman of Short People fame, uh-huh. and it was actually written for Eric Burden's 1967 debut solo album, Eric Is Here, Eric Burden of Eric Burden and the sure, Animals. Sure, sure. Uh, Newman actually released his own version of the song in 1970 on an album called 12 Songs. Huh. So a lot of people took a, took a crack at this tune, right? and uh, obviously the Three Dog Night song prevailed. That was, right. That's the version that everybody knows. And uh, little little Pearl... On this, and I didn't know this, it was the first song uh, that was the number one song on the premier broadcast of American Top 40 with Casey Kasem. Wow. On July 4th of 1970. I'm Casey Kasem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, the song had a lot more history than, than I was aware of going in, and I'm, I'm usually pretty up on this stuff. Well, let's get to the center of the gospel. Well, of stopper. course, yes. <laughs> you know, the whole Three Dog Night reference. You know, for anyone who's been living in a cave I need with this in my lousy life. Wi-Fi and doesn't understand the reference, uh, once upon a time when people did not have heat, uh, <laughs> at least, you know, not electric heat or gas heat or any kind of heat, no heat. Um, you know, how cold the night was was determined by how many dogs you slept with if you were, you know, prairie folk. If you sure. Were, you well, know, it's an Australian term. It is. It yeah. is. And if, if it was... You know, a, a moderately cold night. You did it with one dingo, mm-hmm. you know. And if it was a, you know, kind of a cool night, maybe you'd go two. And if it was going to be frosty, <laughs> sure, you went three dingo. Three you know? dog night. Three dog night. So there, there you, you go. go. A three dog night was a chilly, chilly preposition. It was a chilly <laughs> proposition, excuse me, <laughs> as we stumble over this one. Dingo and the baby. But yeah, that, that, but that was for me, folks. Yeah. I needed to hear it. It's a rock and roll trope, but yeah, and, it's uh, and still interesting. Yeah, and I mean, if, you know, <laughs> if you're paying attention to the lyrics, not everybody does, but I do. You know, that was a classic mom thing to do. Yep. You know, and that's the perspective that Newman wrote the song from: is mom saying, you know, son, you know, don't go to this party. Right. They might be, you know, doing things. Don't let them put any marijuana in your drink. You know, <laughs> look out. And we should give honorable mention to uh, one of the other versions that we listened to. Uh, with one of our cult favorites, oh, yes. Sir Tom Jones, oh, man. doing it with the stereophonics. Uh, uh, and look, he did all the heavy lifting. Yeah, I was it, left wanting from the stereophonics. Well, a little note though. to the stereophonics guys. If you got Tom Jones on stage <laughs> with you, let him sing. You don't take a verse. You don't do that. He's Tom Jones. Yeah. So anyway. So that's why we didn't play that version. Right. But yeah, so again, another, another good-themed Mother's Day song. Yes. And now, enough beating around the bush. I, I reckon it's time to start talking about Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Which, and you the, know, unlike the card that I haven't put in the mail yet, we should plan ahead with this. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, Jesus, let's Oof. get on that. Wow, because yeah, you gotta. It's if you, you know, if you don't know, um, you got to keep your mom karma straight in life. Yeah, you, you to. know, it's, it's, it's necessary. Something to do with the universe, mm-hmm. you know. But if your mom karma is not good, you are doomed. You are doomed. Yes. yes, and in and, and some cases, half a man. Indeed, indeed. And i got to say, coming right out of the gate, like I've always said, um, the numbers that we're going to talk about will, will proof this out for me. 
being dad is a lousy gig. Dad's vice president of family. Yeah, pretty really. much, pretty much. <laughs> and and there's there's no clearer proof than this uh, than how much money mm-hmm. is spent on Mother's Day, and it's kind of a staggering. Should figure. I hit him with the figure? Yeah, I mean, how do can people it. get their arms around this? I know. Wow, this year alone, yep. uh, Americans plan to spend thirty-five point seven billion on Mother's Day. Wow. That's billion, and it is a record high. This yes, year is. is the record. And Johnny, you know what the record high for spending on Father's Day is? What is it? It is twenty point one billion. Wow! Yeah, failure horns indeed. Yeah. Thank you for playing, dads. <laughs> Thank you for playing. But in fairness, and I don't want to shoot either one of us in the foot on this one. Okay. Dad's expectations for Father's Day are really markedly different yeah. than Mother's on Mother's Day. I mean, there is some pomp and circumstance to be expected sure. in most cases. Yeah, yeah. Never mind warranted, but certainly expected. Yeah. Well, it's a different vibe. It's definitely <laughs> totally a different, different vibe. vibe. You know, with pop, it's more, you know, give me a cold beer and a hot steak and please leave me alone. Yeah. You know, with mom, it's like, let's celebrate mom. Yep. You know? Now, a, a brief, super brief glossing over history of Mother's Day. Yes. Uh, it's been around a very long time, but uh, it was tough getting off the ground because it kept getting interrupted by different world events. Yeah. So if you go back to like the 1800s when it started, it had a little bit of steam and then stopped. Yeah. And then it picked up again until it was kind of halted by World War One. Um, you know, one of the people that had spearheaded um, the concept of Mother's Day was a lady that had written uh, the Battle Hymn of the Republic for the Union forces and, and the Civil War. Oh, no kidding. Okay. And even with that, it, it didn't stick. But then it became... You know, just a, a common thing. People wanted yeah. to pay respects to mothers because if you go all through history, even in pagan times, there has always been something, someday set aside. Yeah, for well, the yeah. If you, you know, look at the history, the Christians in particular had a mothering day that dated back uh, a few centuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, though that more focused on a return to Mother Church. It was kind of like the kids coming home, right? You know, and you you reconnect with the family and whatnot. But uh, are you familiar with the the tale of Anna Jarvis? I don't think so. Uh, Early part of uh, the 20th century, uh, Anna Jarvis wanted to celebrate her her, Actually, her mother had been trying for years, and this Mm -hmm. is the latter part of the 19th century, early part of the 20th century, had been trying to bring attention to... You know the sacrifices that mothers made, you know, mm-hmm. back then, and the efforts that they made. And when Anna's mother passed away, it was kind of a a deathbed promise that she made that, "Mom, I will, you know, I will pick this torch up and I will run with it." And she, you know, proceeded. This was 1905 mm-hmm. uh, to push, you know, the whole concept of let's celebrate mothers. Right. And uh, and a few years after. And his mother passed away in 95. As a matter of fact, I believe it was three years afterwards, in 1908, the first, or what is generally regarded as the first Mother's Day, was celebrated in West Virginia, locally, very locally. Mm-hmm. But it, the idea got out and it took off. Though I'm sorry to say that it took off courtesy of the floral industry and the greeting card industry and the candy industry. They were really the ones that saw the opportunity, jumped on it, and blew it up. I think that was probably uh, the origin of the term Hallmark holiday. Mm -hmm. But uh, within just a few years, um, commercially, it became huge. And uh, it became huge to the extent that Anna Jarvis herself 
started trying to tone it down. Mm -hmm. You know, the commercialism of it kind of freaked her out. By 1920, she was openly advocating, don't buy flowers, you mm -hmm. know, for Mother's Day, because she was disgusted at the floral industry for taking advantage of what she thought was, you know, should have been a more pure celebration of moms that didn't have anything to do with buying stuff, you know, but... I mean, you know, we're a capitalist economy. We're a capitalist country. That's what we do. And are you going to totally suck the vibe out of the room by telling our good listeners what her eventual fate was? Oh. So you do know this? Yeah. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm encouraging you. I'm being motherly today. <laughs> and I, I, I think it's, it's sad that her eventual fate was to die alone in an asylum. <sighs> You know, yeah. in all honesty, I wasn't going to go there, Johnny. Well, you got to tell the whole story, man. Johnny Buzzkill Teflon. <laughs> but no, yes, because well, yes. I hope that people will hear this and then be that much more prompted to go give mom a call or stop by and, and say hey. Yeah, well, don't, don't. I guess the point here is don't just throw money at it. Yes. You know, don't just throw money at it. Do, do something that mom is going to appreciate, something that's profound. Don't get mom a vacuum. For Mother's Day. Yeah, or a toaster. Or, to yeah. But you're, you're on something, because you know? across this great country of ours, there's yeah. um, a huge disparity in what is acceptable in one state versus what is acceptable in another. Okay. And I had found a spot that highlighted the most popular Mother's Day gifts per state. Really? Yes, in All the right. country. And they this... run the gamut. Oh, I'll bet. So some of the more interesting ones yeah. <laughs> were, uh, well, start with the A's. Alaska, uh, it's poetry. Really? They give their moms poems that they, they write and whatnot, and that is the most popular gift. That is really cool. And I guess, what do you give somebody when everything else is buried in snow? I don't know. I don't know why it comes you from You write a poem for mom. You know, and that's the cool <laughs> thing about moms. Because moms love that. Oh, man, they're so cool with that kind of stuff. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, a, a funny part of my own childhood, um, I was always irresponsible with money and everything, and my, right. my sister... Yeah, once she could crawl, I think the girl was working. Yikes. And for all of the holidays, but especially Mother's Day, yeah. she would bust her ass at whatever job she's doing so she could afford to buy mom something nice. Right. And she would be buying her, like, as a kid, buying her jewelry and everything. Oh, no And kidding. the flowers and the, and the brunches. Right. And I would always make something because okay. I'm artistically gifted, let's there say. Put that there in air go. quotes. Which is something <laughs> a mom would appreciate. And it burnt my sister's... <laughs> Butter every time she's like, nice. I can't believe I'm working my ass off, and and Johnny gives you this shit, and you think it's the greatest thing. And Mom's <laughs> response is, but it came from his heart. Came he from made the heart, this, it? and that is the and it's so unfair. But that is the epitome <laughs> of what is cool about moms, right there. Right. So nice. anyway, back to our, our voyage across the country. Yes. Here's one unexpected. Okay. Kentucky, the most popular gift for Mother's Day is an iPad. Really? You would not equate that with. Kentucky. Kentucky, yeah, and I don't mean to paint unsavory stereotypes no, of Kentucky, no, like no, a, no, like a, a non, yeah. you know, technology state, yeah. But really, an iPad? An iPad yeah. <laughs> How about Montana? Okay, this one's out of left field. Yes. Oof, I would have thought this would be California, but no, in Montana, it's a homemade lip balm. Homemade lip homemade balm. Lip. I didn't know that was such a cottage industry. I'm almost afraid to ask <laughs> what goes into. Homemade lip balm, and I'm guessing there must be different varieties of. Well, of I just I remember balm. that uh, that that Denzel Washington film, The Book of Eli, uh -huh. where he talked about lip balm made from cat gut. I think it was. 
Yeah, because it's especially if it's homemade. I mean, it's, it's just yeah. I I, I I don't I don't want that. Yeah. And then we got one that kind of you know tongue in cheek makes sense. New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, the number one Mother's Day presents are fitness trackers. <laughs> no. So immediately, I, I it conjures to mind like a North Jersey family Italian sitting yeah. around, mom's yeah. in her little. Her good gambling sequin, you know, Sergio Tacchini sweatsuit. Right. And there's the son. See, now look, Ma, you put this on your wrist, okay? And it tells you how many calories you're burning because, you know, you don't want to get fat. Nobody wants a fat Ma, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it's just... That's kinda, Have another bagel, too. Yeah, it just there makes perfect go. sense. All right. And then, uh, you know, right next door yeah. in, the, in the great state of Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, their number one Mother's Day present. Oh, this is out of nowhere. Oh, boy. A sheepskin pillow. What? Right? A sheepskin pillow. Like, how many sheep are harmed in the making of these sheep? Seriously, <laughs> and would mom be cool with that? Would mom be okay? And like that—that that can't be hypoallergenic. No. I mean, is it super soft and supple? Are and we talking like real sheepskin? Are we talking imitation sheepskin? No, apparently, old only the, the real, real deal? deal. Sure. I mean, wow. You could try and pass off fake sheepskin to mom, but but that, that just, probably wouldn't fly. Yeah, mom. that would blow up in your face. Exactly. Fact. Yeah, right? mom would take offense. So yeah, so that. Wow. But, you know, even worse, if you look at the average cost today of a greeting card, yeah, yeah, four to five dollars, it's it's gone up a little. And over sadly, the years. you and I are old enough to remember like the price of a nice, thick, good paperback novel. It's like a buck and a quarter, right? Yeah. And now, like a folding piece of cardboard, and and look, I know behind the scenes, it's it's not cheap to manufacture it right. with the different lacquers and colorings and 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 sure, stationery sure. they use to make these cards. Yeah, but. Five dollars for something that's like, ah, oh, great, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, well, that's another thing too. Is <laughs> like you look at some of these cards now, and they've gone all high tech. Oh yeah. I mean, the idea that you can just get a card with a with a snappy, cool, you know, moving, heartfelt, you know, phrasing or something. No, it's like got to do shit. Yeah, yeah, it's now. I want it, like a sound chip in there. Yeah, it explodes, a motion sensor. It's just, yeah, it's a little elaborate right. for the whole concept <laughs> of a greeting card. But let's say, let's say the 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 two things we just mentioned, it's not quite your cup of tea. Yeah, and you decide to go with another tried and true Mother's Day tradition, the yes. old brunch. Right? Ah, there you head we over go. to the local yeah. hotel yeah. Or, or fancy restaurant. Well, that's the thing. Mom doesn't cook on Mother's Day, you right? Know, yeah. And you know what I didn't like about going out to restaurants uh, when I would take my mom for Mother's Day and when I—it's that whole fixed menu because you don't get the full breadth of their selection. Right, right. It's like five things, you know, chicken, salmon, steak, pork, whatever. Yeah. But nowadays the eye opener is just simply the the price of these things. Yeah. And the average brunch cost per adult right. countrywide, yeah, seventy five dollars. Holy shit. Children, and I guess if they're real little, they're going to eat free. Right. But let's say from, what, 5 to 12 or 13 years old. Is that like five rounds of mimosas or something? Oh, yeah. Wow. The children's price on the average is $30. <laughs> so, again, a, a family of four in most cases, you're looking at, like, easily 200 bucks or more. Yeah. Without gratuity and everything else. Right. That's like going to a ball game. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It, it, it is. It actually is. Well, I mean, maybe that's cool. Maybe you take mom to a ball game. What do you think? That would be more fun than sitting at an overpriced brunch. Yeah, Damn I right. Think so. I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but again, it just goes and it harkens back to what you were saying about Miss Jarvis and and her vision for this whole thing. Yeah. Like the other, we call them the greeting card holidays of yeah, Valentine's Day and yes, Arbor Day or whatever else you want to throw in there. Arbor Day. Jesus. It's just big business. That's that's all it is. It has become that. And sociologically, know? if you don't go over the top for your mother, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. But <laughs> that that that. that 
totally shines a light on and brings us back around to why mom really digs that heartfelt, you know, poignant gift that comes from a little kid, you know, who busts out the glue and the tape mm-hmm. and the scissors and throws something together from the heart. Yeah. You know, because it's it's it is from the heart. Yep. You know, and yeah, your your two hundred dollar brunch, <laughs> you know, any idiot can throw cash at a situation. But you know, you put some thought into it, you put sure. some heart into it, you put a little love into it. Mm-hmm. That's going to move mom. Put a little love in your heart. There you go. And on that's, that that's, note. That's why mom is wonderful. <laughs> there you go. Right. We yeah. love you, moms. We do. Absolutely. We tease, but we love. We do indeed. And on that note, it's about time for, yes, the magical third <laughs> gem already. <laughs> and I'm laughing because of the one we got lined up. This is the... <laughs> the <laughs> well, I'm just going to let the gem speak for itself. Yeah. Uh, this, is a, this is a classic... Uh, classic from a band called Fountains of Wayne. This is, of course, Stacy's mom has got it going on. Yeah, well, it's just Stacy's mom. Or All is right. it parentheses has got it going on? And no, the parentheses be, okay. do our, yeah. Okay, I got there you. There we go. Okay. Yeah, just a fun tune. We'll just bring this into the 90s. Absolutely. You know, we don't have to be old time. Absolutely. So let's spin this one for you folks, and we'll be back with a few more things and a wrap up. <laughs>
Because Stacy's mom <laughs> has got it going oh, on. Oh, I'm telling you. And if you've seen the video, and granted, <laughs> we're dating ourselves a little bit, but if you've seen the video mm. starring uh, then the hot model of the moment, uh, Rachel Hunter. Oh, yes. You yes. know, we, we need not explain anything else. Did she marry Rod Stewart? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if she married him. I believe they were an item once upon ah, a time. Okay. But, but, yeah, I don't think Rod's like... Huh, the Marion type. Gonna have to yeah. look that up. Yeah. So yeah, that was from uh, the Fountains of Wayne May t- 2003 album. Welcome, Interstate Managers. Wow. Okay. I knew they were gonna call the album that. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it. Uh, you know, having spent a large majority of my uh, my adult life in Southern California, familiar with that scenario. Yeah, you, you were know? chewing up the scenery. As yeah. We previewed it. Yeah. But, I, was uh, look, I was looking at Stacy's mom's thighs. <laughs> this guy's like, oh, I know this area. Yeah, it's totally Southern California. Oh, Always in character. I know, I know. <laughs> but hey, you know, I, I feel the need to warn people, seeing as how we're playing, you know, rock songs as a tribute and a tip to mom, that there were certain songs that you probably don't want to play. This is like our own know? PSA. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, being the lyric guy, uh-huh. you know, I feel, feel like I should take this one and run with it. Fair enough. Um, if you're going to play rock songs, you know, as a nod to mom on Mother's Day, you do not want to play Pink Floyd's Mother. Okay? Yeah, you do Bad not. idea. Do not. Veer off of that one. You would also want to avoid the Rolling Stones song, Mother's Little Helper. True also. Not a happy song. Nope. Not, not, you don't want to go there. And, uh, and probably the one you want to dodge, just duck it, duck it, look out, John Lennon, Mother. Okay, stop crying. I'm sorry. Turn off the water waves. Mother. Great song. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Yeah, not exactly a, a celebratory ballad. No, no, no. It doesn't fit into the theme of what we're doing here today at Rips right. and Rants. Which um, is lifting up, yes, not tearing down. Yes, and, uh, and giving a nod to mom. Because like I said, you know, if your mom karma ain't right, you ain't right. right. That's just the way it is. <laughs> you know. And speaking of, of lifting up and, and tearing down. Yes. Uh, you know, sorry to do this to you folks out there in the listening land. Uh, but we, we changed our, our servers again, <laughs> which we'll explain more in depth perhaps in the next yeah, there episode. Was, there was a reason for there, this. There was a reason. And yes. we are back with the good folks at Live 365. Um, and we take back every rotten thing we, we said take about every you. Every, thing every we said single about them. one. Yep. But your, your important takeaway is that, yes, we're still on MyTuner. We love them as well. Yes, indeed. We are, of course, still available on BigBoomRadio.com. Um, and hopefully soon we are as well back on uh, TuneIn, which the podcast is still on TuneIn. The radio right. station fell off, but that'll be back on now. All right. Just a windfall of pieces falling into place. Yes. Because, well, yeah, we'll, we'll save it for another day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, Recording Industry Association of America, we got a little something for you, but yeah. not this week. Yeah, not, not this, this week. week. We're not going to ruin this good Mother's no, Day no, karma. No, because we're having fun and we're staying positive this week. But... You know, because we don't want to let them completely off the hook, <laughs> such as the RIAA or ASCAP or any of those good folks. Right. Um, we're going to play uh, like a different kind of Mother's Day song just for them. Yes. Uh, and it's a hit about the other mothers. Well, no, not those mothers, Michael. <laughs> Mothers-in-law. I was about to say something. He caught me. <laughs> 
That's why. That's why Johnny Teflon is the executive producer of Riffs and Rants. I, I handle the. Uh... He saw that one coming, <laughs> and he cut it off at the pass. Good work, Johnny. Right, I'm like the FCC here. There we I'm go. Standards and practices. Nice. Whoop! Don't say that. Nice. Um, but yes, there is a version, if you will, of mothers yeah. that that don't don't really get any regard, don't really get any attention. They we want to no remedy love. that. We want to remedy that today. Uh, with an absolute classic. A fourth gem. Yes. Which we haven't done in a little while. We very rarely do this. It's a special moment yeah. in Riffs and Rants. Uh, this song was number one on both the Billboard Hot 100 and the Billboard R&B chart back in 1961. We are, of course, talking about the Ernie K. Doe classic, Mother-in-Law. Yeah, get ready for an earworm, folks, because, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're not going to get this out of your head. But we give it to you with love. Absolutely. Especially to all the mother-in-laws out there. Yes, indeed. All right? So enjoy that, and thank you for joining us today. And as always, I'm Johnny Teflon. And I am Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side. Mother-in-law. Mother-in-law. Try to put me out How could she stoop so low my